0: I want to read you a line from the official bio of Ariel Astoria. She is made of sass and good intentions and has a deep love for car karaoke, brunch, and flowers. I mean, doesn't that just instantly make you smile? Doesn't that sound like a woman you want to know? Arielle Astoria is a spoken word poet, author, speaker, model, and actress, and I deeply admire her and the way that she speaks, as if she's plucked the words straight from her soul and sent them into mine. I mean, during this episode, I actually get goosebumps and tears, like actual tears. Now, she is an amazing woman. If you just head to her Instagram feed, it is a space of inspiration. It's a collection of words that'll lift you up. And she is the encouraging pep talk that we all need when the light at the end of the tunnel feels so very far away. Now, one post of hers in particular really caught my attention. And it's partially why I invited Ariel on the show with my fingers crossed, hoping she would dive into this topic with me. Now, Instagram, it can serve as this place of inspiration, right? But It can also serve as a battleground of comparison and fighting this inner battle with ourselves to have and do whatever we see in the perfect images on our phone screen happening in other people's lives. REL speaks to how we can find motivation, not comparison on this little app, and and how to simply accept the goodness coming into your world. There are so many takeaways from this episode, you guys. I am so, so honored to have gotten to have this conversation with Arielle. And you guys are going to be blown away at her brutal honesty, but also at the hope that she gives all of us. So here is your permission to sit back, relax, and meet my friend, Arielle.
1: You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Gold
0: Digger. Skillshare is offering my listeners a limited time offer of two months of Skillshare entirely for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash and the number two. Again, head to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger two to get two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. This episode of Gold Digger is brought to you by PayPal Credit. For big purchases, try PayPal Credit with six months special financing on purchases of $99 or more. Learn more at paypal.com slash digger. subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. Okay, Ariel. this has been a long time coming. And like, I love when I have women that I follow online, and then I'm like, Oh, my God, they're following me. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> like we can friends. Oh, my gosh, they can come on my podcast. <laughs> yes. It's like the holy grail of yes. what the internet is used for. So yes.
2: thank you for coming on the podcast today. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm very oh, excited. I'm so- So excited.
0: Okay, so I know about your story and your journey just from watching, but for someone who's listening and they've never encountered the beauty that you are, walk me through kind of what your journey has been, what you're doing today, and what led you to this point.
2: Yeah, so I initially went to college to study psychology and theater. So my initial route of this whole crazy thing I get to call work in life was to be an art therapist for kids, uh, but specifically kids with special needs. So any kid that found themselves on what we call the exceptional spectrum. So anywhere between being autistic or Asperger's or special needs in any kind. And so that was my initial route. I had done play therapy and all that throughout college and kind of used performance as just my own personal outlet. I love storytelling. And so at the time when I first started, it happened through theater and through acting. And so that slowly trickled into spoken word, which put me on a competitive poetry team for two years and leading the poetry team on campus in college. And then that stemmed to speaking at chapels and different church events and and speaking on halls with different girls, with other resident advisors. And so after that, kind of just this artistic spiral happened, if you will. And I still went throughout college and was like, nope, I'm getting my degree in psychology. That's the route I'm going to go. I slowly started to really fall in love with the college environment and the college age group. I realized that was like one of the conversations that weren't really talked about in my psych classes, like this 10 year gap from 20 to 30, about what happens in that in-between, who are we, when we're out of school, and that's been our, the past, you know, 20 years of our (laughs) life, then what do we do, and how do we navigate through that, so then my child life concentration switched, and I was like, maybe I actually want to stay in a college environment, and I want to work with college students, and so I did the whole, apply to grad school route, and be involved in colleges and I was going to work at my university. I had planned on making that my home for the next, you know, five or 10 years mixed with college and also professional. And a lot of my mentors were just really pushing me outside of the university, which I didn't understand. I was like, you don't think I would be good here? Like I don't understand. And they're like, no, but this is safe. Like we think we're, that you're called to like bigger things. Everyone kept saying that you're called to bigger things. You're made for bigger things. Hmm. And I'm like, I made for this right here, (laughs) you know, like I'm not made for anything bigger than this. I don't know what you're talking about, you know. And so I decided to get closer to graduation and realizing that none of these left brain planned packages of way of living were really what I was supposed to be doing. So I was like, okay, this whole poetry artistic thing keeps popping up. So let me just do this for a year, right? Because we love to put guidelines on our dreams because they're scary. And so I was like a year, I'm going to do this whole creative thing for a year. And I have been doing it ever since I graduated. So I graduated in 2015. And I like to say that I've been screwed ever since um, because (laughs) I can't go into a nine to five. I can't go into anything that's practical or anything that's, realistic or stable because I am just I have professionalized being a tornado of a human (laughs) being and I I thoroughly enjoy it actually at this point in time in life so now what I get to do is perform poetry custom poems on stages all over the world through Instagram it has also made people think that I'm a model (laughs) and so I also model occasionally mostly a lot of body positivity conversations around swimsuits and 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 curvy wear and things like that and in addition like I still go into that acting world again because I love it because it's for me and I really appreciate being able to step outside of myself and into the story of other people that's why I loved stories in the first place was my ability to take on the story and the journey of other people and do it like I lived it myself And so now my job looks very different. I say each week looks very different. I could be doing a podcast. I could be somewhere shooting photos. I could be in another country shooting swimsuits, because apparently that is something that they do. (laughs) Or I could be on a stage in front of leaders and creative professionals telling them how valuable they are and how worthy they are and and how much they have to bring to the table and just who they are and even outside of what they do through poetry. So life is pretty wild if I think so myself
0: (laughs) you know what's so interesting about what you just said and I guess I haven't ever really thought about it but when you're talking about how there really isn't a really great service or attention brought to those transition years like that whole decade of 20 to 30 like that's right. so true. Walk me oh,
2: through. Like yeah,
0: like <laughs> walk me through what <laughs> yours looked like because I can say without a, yeah. a doubt between 20 and 30 was the most transformation. Like that was
2: the trajectory sure, sure. for the rest of my life. So, what did that look like yeah. for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was in college. I. Graduated, quote unquote, late. So I graduated later. I did a victory lap, as I like to affectionately say. I did a victory lap in college because I thought math would go away and it didn't, and so I had to stay a whole year just to take a few math classes, and so I had that way of, like, oh, I'm not finishing on time, you know, my whole life is delayed now, because I'm not going to get a job immediately after college, on top of that, at this point in time, I'm supposed to have a husband, yeah. right, like, that's supposed to be a thing that is happening <laughs> next, you know, in this whole trajectory of life, or whatever, and so that was, like, a super hard space, I, I, had grown up so clear and definitive and my plans and what's coming next and and what's gonna happen in the next season and I didn't know how to do that leaving college so I honestly I remember my mentor and you actually I think you've interviewed her Britt, um, Brit Britt Baron yes yeah, so Brit Baron, she would tell us that when she was in post grad she legit would like go to parks and like sit under trees and just like journal a whole lot wow. because I mean you really you have the space to do that you know it's kind of like a midlife retirement season if you will <laughs> it's like this season of like learning to like rest and and vacation a little bit because you literally have nothing else left to do. But the thing about this is, there's no stack of money just waiting for you to spend it all. Right. You know, instead you have you have debt from loans and and you have college stuff, and then you're in this tension of do I go home? Do I not go home? What does home even mean anymore? And you're in this season in this whirlwind of just. Who am I? What is this world? How do I fit in this thing called the world? And what kind of impact am I trying to make in that? So you're sitting in that tension, either as a single person or as a, as a married person. You know, you're sitting in that tension. You're both sitting in that tension. I always thought it was so strange, like people who got married right after college i I'm like, bro, you don't even know who you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> how are you getting married right now? But there are some friends who are killing it right now and they're doing great. They got married right after college, but I worried about who I was. And so in the DSM, and that's in terms of like psychology, like there's this 10 year gap where you're like, okay, everyone graduates high school and then you go to college And then the 10 year skip of like, now you're married and you have kids and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What about those 10 years in between? What do we do in those 10 years in between? And I just think it's this like beautiful, unfiltered chaos of a space to try all the things, to learn all the things. And I don't mean learn what you learned in a a textbook or learn what you learn in a classroom, but like go out in life and like, actually learn things and actually gain experiences. So yeah, like when I left college, I worked five jobs and I just dabbled into all these random things. Oh, at the time I thought were random, but we immerse ourselves in those things because of how they will set us up for a later day. All those jobs I had right after college literally have become these webs for me to be able to do what I'm doing for myself now I worked at a startup clothing subscription company kind of like a Stitch Fix mm-hmm. but a little bit not like a Stitch Fix and it was like in a house like they worked their operations out of their house and so we would go to their house every day and, and do this job and it was so strange and I did their social media I would do flat lays for my best friend who's a photographer to take pictures of. I would hire their models and then I would fold clothes and package them. And I didn't know how much of that information for social media, for branding, would come into my own story later in the line. I did random errands for people because I was broke and I needed gas money. And like the way I quote unquote hustled, and the way that I built, you know, that that muscle and endurance for creating a foundation for yourself for later down the line. And it won't make sense in that season. It won't be super clear in that season, but you're not just working tirelessly for nothing. You're creating foundations in those seasons of pure question marks. And at the time they feel frustrating and they feel disorienting, but they're so, so, so foundational. Um, And I can only say that now because I, you know, four or five years almost out and looking back and I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah, I see what that was doing there. I get it now, you know. But in the middle of it, I'm like, "What the hell is happening? I'm going home. I'm not going home. Who am I? I don't know. Why will anyone ask me on a date?" You know, it was like all of that happening at one
0: time. I think that's so fascinating, and I what I appreciate about that is I think we all go through that in different ways, where it's just this like, you know, you've been told who to be and what to do. And and here's the next step for where you're headed. But all of a sudden, you're like, wait, where am I headed? And what is the next step? And now nobody's telling me what that next step is. Am I like human enough to make that decision? And I'm terrified. And these are big decisions. And no one helped me through this. And it's like, man, (laughs) what an amazing decade. And for the record, Drew and I did get married straight out of college. But
2: yes and like I said no killing it yeah, no all
0: all. Killing I agree it. with that though and I think what's so interesting is we've had friends who also did get married and, and didn't make it in their marriage and what yeah. I think is so interesting is like Drew and I are entirely different people than the day that we stood at the altar when we were 23 years old However, as we've grown into who we are as human beings, which is entirely different than that day, we've also grown into each other. And I think that, you know, you can clearly see how it can go the opposite direction. So I love, I love that you make that call out though, because I agree. Like when I look back at that date, I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) still don't really know, but that's amazing. Okay. so. One thing that I mean you inspire me you inspire me in fashion Thank you inspire you. me in the written <laughs> word you inspire me in the way you show up but something that I think you are incredible at and and what I really want to talk about is the difference between motivation and comparison? And I think now, mm-hmm. more than ever with the internet, we are exposed to what could be motivation every single day, but what usually turns into comparison. So, walk me through just kind of your thoughts on this as we dive in, and then we'll just kind of converse as we go.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, as an Enneagram 4, I naturally compare. like because, as a four, if any of you are familiar with the Enneagram, fours think that they are inherently flawed, and so that is like a constant battle that we encounter every single day, personally and professionally. When you add that level professionally, and then you also add Instagram to the mix, it is a whole it's shake show you know like it's just it's not it's awful and so I've had to learn like I think my beginning steps with that process was not unfollowing but muting people's accounts that I realized that I would just go to and not walk away feeling like excited for them or walk away feeling excited about what I was doing but I was just like okay I could do that, you know, or why am I not doing that? Or why, what is she she have that I don't have? And I, I was like, oh, no, 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 we got to get out of that space. You know, we can't do that. And so I, I muted those accounts so that I'm less prone to just see them on my feed and, and feel, quote unquote, some type of way about it, you know? And then the other layer of it was, again, as a four, I'm like, I'm unique. I'm an individual. So at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter that someone else is doing the exact same thing that I want to do because at the core of how I'm going to do it and how I'm going to execute is not going to be how anyone else has the ability to execute and the ability to do it. So then it turned into not this cockiness, but this fullness of understanding of like, The way I sit at the table and the things I bring to the table are not going to be the things that someone across from me sits at the table or brings to the table. Like, what's the whole point of a potluck, right? Is that there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Do they go together? Sometimes. Do they not go together? A lot of times, you know, but at the same time, that's what people are bringing to the table. And I think so much of this professionalism and this creative life and even just personal comparison that we have is because we're so associated and we're so fixated on what someone else is bringing to the table Therefore, what are we doing at the same time? We're showing up empty, right? Because we're so focused and we're so fixated on what they're bringing to the table that we forget our house, you know, or we forget it in the car or whatever, or however that alliteration wants to fall. And so I think for me, I realized like, I can't keep showing up empty handed just because comparison has tried to stifle what I know I can bring to the table. And so a lot of it came out of that, especially in this weird world of like entertainment and this like body positivity world where it's like, oh, I'm curved, but I'm not quite plus because I'm a little bit smaller than quote unquote plus. So there's that separation. And then on top of that, it's like, oh, but I'm a speaker and a poet. And and but my Instagram doesn't look like most people who speak, you know, and, and so it's like finding I'm like, and because I'm in so many different platforms. And in so many different worlds, it let the weight of comparison be so much more stretched. And there's so many more opportunities for those to happen. And I had to literally shut each and every one of them down. And I'm like, at the end of the day, all you can bring to the table is what you have in your hands to bring to the table. That's it. That's all you can do. And trying to worry about what other people are doing and what other people. And then through that comparison. I realized like, oh, she's modeling for a Nike. That's cool. And I'm like, first of all, you don't want to even you don't even want to be a model. What are you talking about? And I was like, you know what? You're right. These are the conversations I had in my head. You know what? You're right. Actually, I want to work for Nike as a spokesperson. I wanna work for so then I started to reroute my yes. comparison. It's not that I wanted to do that direct thing, but you figure out, okay. When you do have that seat at that Nike table or insert that said table that you were trying to be at, when you do have that seat at that table, what are you going to contribute? What are you going to show up with? And so then I started to reroute, like, girl, stop driven about what modeling gigs they are doing. You don't care. You don't actually want to be a model. And I'm like, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And then I'm like, OK, well, what will I do if I'm in those rooms? What will I say if I'm in those rooms? And so that kind of really helped to restructure my comparison. You can make a constructive comparison, right? Anything can be constructive if you turn it around. So I think I'm in this season of learning and figuring out what constructive comparison looks mm,
0: like. I think that is so important. And I am just laughing because I'm like, I have done that too, where I'm like, they didn't ask me to speak at that thing. And then I'm like, but I would have said no anyways. And then I'm like, why am I even mad about this? Like, it is funny because right. I feel like as women, like we are taught to measure ourselves against each other. Like, I don't know about you. I came across yeah. totally wrong, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I check out more yeah. women than I check out men because in my head I'm like, oh, she has a great eyebrows. Or like, oh, look at her size. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like not out there like having the hots for men, but like I'm like always measuring up. Like oh, my waist is smaller than hers, and and it's like this innate yeah. thing that we're taught from a very young age is almost to see the differences among each yeah. other. And then it just like spirals into this adulthood where it's like, well, she got this job and I didn't, or she got this interview and I Mm -hmm. didn't. And then it's like, wait, do I even want those things? I love that you brought that up because I do that all the time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, at the end of the day, you're at, you're being so pouty about these things that you're like, first and foremost, ask yourself, do you even want, do you even want that? You know, like, do you even want what you're so busy coveting yeah. over and i guarantee you that 95 i would even say 90.9% of the time we don't actually want that direct yep. thing right so then it's a restructuring of like okay what do you actually want you know like why is this so triggering to you where is this relating to where you want to be and, and where you expect to grow And ask yourself those constructive questions, you know?
0: Walk me through kind of your process because I feel like even in the last few months, I've grown a ton in this way, but for a long time, it's almost like a stumbling block that like you just can't get over. Walk me through your process Mm -hmm. when you find yourself Mm -hmm. going down a rabbit hole or even like seeking out negativity just so that you like see that (laughs) people like sometimes I'm like trying to find bad comments and I'm like, what am I doing? What do you do to, like, redirect, re-navigate? Do you have any practices that you do?
2: Mm, I... Especially within like that context, I think that I, I I tend to fall into the negative again, as like a true, (laughs) (laughs) or I tend to go to like the gritty, you know, the, like, it's not melancholy. It's just feeling deeply. Like I kind of sit in that space. I've learned how to, how to, to add light and help to those situations. But for the most part, I just kind of like, am okay with sitting in that negativity to the point where it's too yeah. far, yeah. right? Like if I'm starting to lose sight that there is light at the end of this and I need to get up, yeah. you know, like I need to get out. And even with the negative comments, like I've really only had like Uh, Like a few here and there, they mostly come in in the form of DMs, which is like extremely direct, you know, in terms of conversations and questions that people will ask me. But I think in that space, I just like how to like, one, don't immediately go into the response mode, right? Because that's just a reaction. And most times our reactions to things are not going to end up the way that we think they're going to happen in our heads, you know? And so first taking a moment to respond and not to respond to what's happening, but to respond to yourself internally, right? So I, I think going internally and having that response with like, okay, how does this make you feel? Yeah, sure. We're pissed off, you know, and like having that internal response before you react, right? I think a lot of times we associate response being like, oh, right now in this moment, she responded to me, I responded back. But I'm like, I think a lot of the check in really needs to happen internally first, an internal response before an external reaction, and figuring out what that tension looks like. And then asking, like, why? Why are you trying to find the negative thing? Right? Like, I think for me, it's like, I always think that things are just sort of too good to be true you know I have a poem about it about just like not being able to accept what I call glorious opportunities or glorious moments that happen in my life that have my name written specifically on them I have a really hard time believing that those are meant for me that those are destined for me so what do I do instead I associate that the negative things of course are meant for Mm -hmm. me of course those negative things have my name on them but why can't we do that same association with the positive things, with the glorious things, you know, and so because I'm so prone to leaning into the negative thing, really having to like condition myself that one life doesn't always work within the context of the negative. It's called a balance, right? We can't have the positive without the negative and vice versa. But how much you allow the negative to affect you, again, comes from your own internal response and then your external reaction.
0: Can you read that poem?
2: yeah i actually have it memorized i was gonna um, i was gonna ask but... you that but i didn't want to put you on the spot and have you be like nope
0: no. okay here we go this is it
2: yeah no, yeah i can, I can yeah. okay i've grown familiar with the feeling of holding out my hands with both the expectation and the grief that i will pull them away empty of making a catastrophe in every moment that instead of shooting stars, atomic bombs will come crashing in their place so afraid that the solar eclipse only ever means darkness and not realize that the light, the light always comes first. I I once attended a retreat where they asked us if the glass was half empty or half full. I said both, but it doesn't matter because it's not my glass to begin with. See, sometimes I have a really bad habit of believing that all good things that happen to me are not actually for me, that they dodged the person they were meant for and wound up in my lap by happenstance. She said, so what does that mean you need to learn to accept? I said, I guess. That means I need to learn that I am deserving of glorious opportunities. I am deserving of glorious opportunities. She said, now say it with your hands out like you're receiving. I am deserving of glorious opportunities. I stood there with my hands out and tears falling down my face. See, I am strangely aware of the fact that I am both human and flawed, that the mediocrity of my humanity often shadows the still hint of sparkle in my dust, that yes, even though I am human and grace-filled, I am swimming with purpose, that there is nothing happenstance about the things that happen to me, that my life is swimming with intention even when I think it is not. You see, I want to be aware of more shooting stars than atomic bombs these days to watch glorious opportunities bounce off my palms like raindrops, find them marvelous, even if they disappear. Because for no matter how long, at some point in time, they were mine and they were glorious.
0: I'll pause here because I have to say thank you to Skillshare for being an ongoing supporter of the Gold Digger podcast. For two months of unlimited course access for free, head to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2. You guys know I believe in lifelong learning and investing in yourself to grow in your life and your business. And if you want to get closer to that big dream on your heart, take a course, learn from someone who did it before you. When I wanted to fine tune my lettering skills and learn new illustration tricks with my iPad, I scanned Skillshare's over 25,000 classes across categories like design, business, illustration, and more to find a specific course for what I wanted to learn. Whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a photography side hustle or gain new professional skills so that you can start that social media management business you've been dreaming about. Skillshare is there to keep you learning and reaching those goals. Join me and the millions of other students already learning on Skillshare with a special offer just for you, my listener. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is giving Gold Digger listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Sign up at skillshare.com slash gold digger and the number two. Again, go to skillshare.com slash gold digger two to start your two free months right now. You want to know one of my other favorite topics? Education. I believe investing in lifelong learning and that it's the best advantage you can give yourself as an entrepreneur. Sometimes though, those courses can get expensive and you might not have all the cash to drop on it all at once. For a purchase like that to help you improve yourself, try PayPal credit. PayPal credit is a digital reusable credit line built into your account with PayPal. You can invest in yourself now and pay over time and it can be used anywhere PayPal is accepted. Listen, you know, I live debt free and I wouldn't recommend something I didn't see value in myself. PayPal Credit's six month special financing on purchases of $99 or more is a really great option for big purchases that can help you bring a return in your life. Applying is easy. Just answer a few quick questions and you'll know within seconds if you're approved. To learn more and apply, you can just head to paypal.com slash gold digger. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments are required. That's PayPal.com slash gold digger. Thank you to PayPal Credit for their advertising support of Gold Digger. Whew. I got tears in my eyes and goosebumps on my skin. Wow. Wow. That was amazing. Thank you. I feel like everyone listening needed to hear that. Mm. How true is that, that a lot of times, like we don't feel worthy of the goodness in our lives and that we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop.
2: All the time. And that poem I wrote within the same year, I had attended a retreat for Lulu lemon. They do like yoga retreats. And so I had gone the first time as a performer, and then they asked me to come back a second time to perform and also to attend the event. In that same week, I was also going on my first international trip to go model (laughs) swimsuits in Portugal. So I spent three days in Malibu at this yoga retreat, and then I left thursday morning to go spend the rest of the next five days in portugal for swimsuits which was nuts so that week alone at the time i was also living with a family and their four kids because i couldn't afford to live anywhere else and to do anything else so i'm in this tension of like okay i'm doing things like working with lululemon but i also still live in this house with four kids in an attic because i can't afford to do anything else so it was like this tension of like i'm doing things but also Who are you? You're not really doing these things. And then I get to this retreat and there's this full on cottage just for me. You like walk in, there's a living room. There's a beautiful queen size bed with sheets that are soft and fluffy. There's a bathroom with a bathtub that I don't use because I hate taking baths. (laughs) You're like, it's pretty. (laughs) <laughs> but it's pretty and there's like a, a bottle of wine that says party of one and I was like me I'm the party of one and so I immediately just start bawling when I walk into this space because I'm like this is all for mm-hmm. me like all of this goodness is for me in this moment and Lululemon like the actual team of Lululemon the people who run Lululemon are probably one of the most kind hospitable people I have ever ever worked with. And so when you get there, there's clothes spread out for you. There's a journal, there's snacks, there's shoes, there's books, there's all these goodies for you to take in the fullness of that trip. And so I immediately start falling. And then after that trip, Du Portugal, amazing, amazing, amazing. And then a few months later I meet my boyfriend. And so it was like thing after thing after thing. And I was just so flooded by what I call these glorious opportunities. And I just thought that that was a, it was for my professionalism. I thought that it was just supposed to be for, you know, who I was as a career and what I was doing as a brand. But it was so much about my heart too. And so I pinched my boyfriend for like the first couple months of us dating because I was like, you're not real. (laughs) You're gonna go away. And so the end of that poem where I talk about watching glorious opportunities bounce off my palms like raindrops, our first date, we sat on a bench at Griffith Observatory, mm, yeah. which is this beautiful space where you look at the stars and the moons. And he read this book to me. It's called Drop Like Stars by Rob Bell. And he ends the book talking about raindrops. And I hope you find like the beautiful moments in life like raindrops. And I hope that they bounce off your palms. And so I tied both that yoga experience at Lululemon. And that book that my boyfriend read to me on one of our first dates because it was like this beautiful cohesiveness of like this whole thing is a glorious opportunity and why not then associate our whole lives with being this glorious opportunity that we have the privilege to live and to exist and to create beautiful things in this world in only ways that we know how to do. And so that poem is like reshaped a whole lot for me. And then since that, I've had like, conversations with publishers i did a shoot with kim kardashian's brand which was pretty nuts like all these crazy things where i'm like instead of going to the place of i don't deserve this this is not for me restructuring that again reclaiming and saying this opportunity has my name on it and i'm gonna walk through this door confidently and really reshaping that because once you go into this door and you're insecure about being there or you're unsure about whether or not you have a seat at the table and you're saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, but you can, because first of all, you're there. And second of all, that does have your name on that, on that opportunity because you're there. And I really had to like work that muscle in myself.
0: How do you recommend, like, I am just receiving this and I'm just thinking of not just myself, but like every, we all need this. How do you recommend right. that like we as women start to one, like accept the goodness and like see it as life happening for us and not to us? And in the mm-hmm. adverse side, the negativity, like how do we let that go and know it's not a reflection of who we are? Like I feel like we're delicately balancing in mm-hmm. and, and trying to like keep all the hats in the air. And at the same time, we're like, who am I yeah. in all of this? What does this all mean for me?
2: I think we put so much, like those questions have so much weight, right? Yeah. And the first thing is just to walk through the door, right? Like the doors open and doors open because they're meant for you to walk through them. So before those questions start to put weight and put pressure on your ability to step through the doors, take it off and step through the door first. And then so much of those answers will come after our experience through the door, right? Like we realize, oh, I'm here because you want me to do X, Y, and Z, or I'm here because I can bring this to the table, or I'm here because of such and such and such, right? And those questions start to get answered by the experience alone. But we sometimes get so stifled and so fearful that we let the weight keep us from stepping through the door in the first place. And so it's like, what is it? Say yes and figure out the rest later, you know, like yeah. I'll say yes and figure it out later. So, yeah, just walk through the door because those questions are going to be there. Those fears are going to be there. Those doubts are going to be there. They can come with you if you'd like them to, or you can relinquish them for a second so that you can release the weight to walk through the door and let those questions be answered through you living out the experience. I think that I was literally just talking to one of my best friends about that. She was like at this audition and she was like, I can't, I can't, I don't know why I'm here. There's all these dancers here. And she was like, how do I do this? Like, and I was like, you're already doing it. So what are you asking me exactly? You know, like you're already doing it. And I was like, at the end of the day, don't worry about their, what they're here to do. You worry about what you're here to do, right? Because if we get so caught up again in what other people are doing, then we miss what we're supposed to be doing in that moment. And then you're in that space to bring what you have to bring to the table. And you can't even deliver that because you're so caught up in what everybody else is doing, right? And so I think that mentality, it's something that I'm continuing to work. It's a muscle, you know, you have to, every opportunity arises new fears, and new doubts and that same muscle needs to be applied to the situation and just really working that and reworking it and working it and reworking it because it's going to come up because that's what life is full of you know all of that and all of the above
0: i agree it's like you can't do crunches one day and think you're going to have abs tomorrow
2: <laughs> i mean it'd be I um, no. really we wish, right? Oh, we, we, I mean, one day probably the way technology is that could happen. It really could happen, but it's yes. it's it still things we have to work and we have to muscle and continue to stretch. And it's work, you know. It, it's work. It's continuous work, but it's like good work. It's necessary work.
0: One thing I'm curious about your story, Ariel, is I always think like, you know, if you are just starting out and you see somebody, like if I looked at you and I was like, holy cow, like she's like modeling, she's doing all (laughs) these things. And, and I imagine like what my life would be like if I was doing what you were doing. I feel like a lot of times we only imagine the good in everyone else's life. Like we forget that at every stage and every level of the game, new level, new problems, new level, like new comparisons, new level. Like there's still junk in every level, and I feel like a lot of times we like glamorize because we're just looking at people yeah. online and we're watching lives unfold online. Like, what has your experience been? Because right now you're doing things you probably never even dreamed of doing. Yeah, you probably also didn't dream about like the hardships or the comparison yeah. that
2: comes with that. Yeah, I tell people all the time because. People are like, I want to meet with you. I want to know how you view what you view and, and how you got there. And I'm like, honestly, our coffee's going to be like a minute and 30 seconds because I'm going to yeah. tell you is by accident. You know, like I didn't like I didn't intentionally like when I was building and when I was hustling, this is not what I thought I was building towards. I didn't know what I was building towards. I just knew I was building towards something and I felt crazy because I couldn't articulate what that something was, but I knew I was working towards something. I was yeah. building towards something and I mean, the first three years of doing this, I'm just now in this upward pivot, if you will. I just moved out in February to an apartment with one other girl who I lived with actually right after I graduated college. And it's been the sweetest space. I didn't think that I would live for a really long time because I didn't think I could afford it. Um, Literally this time last year, one of the hardest summers ever, I was randomly doing just audience extra stuff like for six hours, six to eight hours to make 50 bucks, only to leave that space and get called from the only job I had as a teaching artist and say that because they're a nonprofit and they didn't get paid by the state, that our paychecks are gonna be delayed another week, which means I have to call my parents and ask for rent again. I have run out of gas numerous times because I couldn't I didn't have enough money to put in my gas tank. And so I had to push my own vehicle to places so that I can walk to gas stations and get gas like and I I have very vulnerably talked about this on my story. And so people who have been with me for the past couple of years, has seen me graduate, have seen me cry on my Instagram sorry, has seen me run out of gas and had to call my mom again. I have seen it all because I wanted to be very transparent that what I where I am, quote unquote now, is one, I didn't know I would be here, but I'm so glad that I get the opportunity to live it. But at the same time, It was really freaking hard. I mean, not even a year ago, really, really freaking hard. And literally all within a year, those things just kind of pivoted and switched and elevated. But I make it very clear on my Instagram, like when things are not okay, and when I'm not in a space where I'm able to be positive or to share inspiration because my cup is empty and I feel depleted or I feel uninspired. And so I think, Within the Instagram world, I didn't want to. I think this is probably again the Enneagram 4 in me was like, yeah, there's hope, there's positivity, there's rainbows, there's unicorns, and there's glitter and confetti, but also there's crap and there's hard moments and there's grief and there's loss. and, And they're twining all of those conversations in a little nine grid. Yeah. And I wanted to be honest in those moments. And so, but they, I mean, I literally kid you not, I think my pivot was just this past January and, and that was just a financial pivot. And then it was like, you know, my boyfriend and I were like in this weird tension and we were figuring out what that was and then that pivoted. And now we're in a whole nother season where life is good, but it's still hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think being honest in all those moments, because yeah, it looks glamorous for a second, but it it doesn't stay glamorous, you know, like I get back in my car, and I drive home with no sound or no music on in my car, because I'm overstimulated, you know, like those are the things that are not seen, or me watching the Beyonce documentary, in my shorts, and my tank top with no bra, just living my best life in an apartment that has no air circulation, you know, like those are the things that don't get seen, and those are the everyday life moments that we honestly don't owe anyone to show. And I think I've learned that like not every moment, I have to show or tell people and I think my boyfriend has taught me a lot about what it means to have those sweet moments that are completely unplugged, and that are allowed and deserve to be unplugged. Mm,
0: I love that. I feel like you and I are like in a similar space of discovery. And I feel like especially as Mm -hmm. people who show up very transparently and, and don't hide the mess or the garbage or whatever it is. There's also like this time where it's almost like you need to put like a little curtain up and say like, this is just for me. Like, I don't have to explain this. I don't have, you know, and I feel like you're always walking this fine line of like, how much is too much? Is this, why am I sharing this? What is this? Like, what is my brain computing? And it's just, it's a beautiful time to be alive that we get to make those decisions and that discernment based on whatever season we're in and navigating.
2: Yeah. I love it. Yeah, okay. Absolutely.
0: How can everyone get inspired by you, girl? Because I could like scroll <laughs> your feed for days. Like you are partly like a fashion icon, partly a, <laughs> a inspirational mentor, partly like someone who just challenges the way that I'm thinking and showing up. Where can everyone get this goodness?
2: Yeah. So all things Ariel Astoria. That's my Instagram. That's my website. That's Facebook and Twitter. You can also find me on iTunes and Spotify. That poem that I did for you all, Glorious, is not anywhere yet, but I do have some videos on my IGTV. If you want to check that out. But yeah, you can find all things Ariel story. If you SoundCloud. I might be there too for those underground people out there. <laughs> That's me. You can find my voice in a lot of different platforms.
0: <laughs> now featuring Glorious on the Gold Digger podcast. Boom! Yes. Um, oh, I love that. I literally messaged my team and was like, I just started bawling on Ariel's interview. Like, <laughs> oh. no, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank I know you. I'm just gonna like get to that part of the episode and probably play it daily just yeah. as a reminder. Oh but thank you for showing up today I'm so thankful thanks for having me you are amazing (laughs) did you guys have a moment like I did when she was reading that poem and and I committed to myself like I need to listen to this weekly if not daily I think a lot of times in life like when things are actually going good when things are happening for us and we're just so grateful we're almost afraid to even express that gratitude or allow ourselves to feel joy for fear that it will be taken away. And the way that she put those words together and the meaning that it had for not just me or not just her but for all of us. Man, it stopped me in my tracks. Ariel is so inspiring and I left today's episode thinking, gosh, I need to accept with a gracious hand and heart the goodness in my life and and to not question if I'm worthy of it or or if it was coming to me by mistake, but to really honor the fact that I am worthy of good things and so are you. No matter what season you're in, this season is not in vain. This season is not happening to you. It is happening for you. And I feel like if we're all being brutally honest with ourselves and with others, if we look back... We can see that. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. but I hope that today's show helps to remind you that the good things in your life, they aren't happenstance. They are for you. And, and the things that are hard and the hurdles that you are jumping over today as you listen to this show, they are making you stronger and preparing you for what is to come. I am so grateful for Ariel for coming on this show and thank you gold digger for listening to another episode of the podcast. As always, we would love to hear from you and we would love to support our amazing guests who pour out their hearts into this show. So if you want to hop on over to Instagram at gold digger podcast and give a really big thank you to Ariel for sharing her heart on today's show, it would mean the world to not just me, but to all of us until next time, gold diggers keep on digging your biggest goals and thank you for hitting play on another episode